Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. That you have had the hardships that you're walking through, the depression you're battling, the addiction you're battling. People around you sometimes don't know that. But what if they did? That's what the church is for. That is the purpose of the local church, is to be able to be with you in those moments, to be able to celebrate with you, to pray with you, to cry with you, to hold you, to be the body of Christ. And so today we're going to experience a little bit of what our our own body is going through, what they've been through. I only brought coffee up here, and that might not be good. Um, What our own church is going through the victories that they've seen through their battles. And I think that's really important for us all to be able to to kind of hear from each other for that. Thank you so much. If I just keep drinking coffee, I'm like, I'm not sure it's going to do anything for my throat. Normally I have a cup up here that has ice in it. And y'all know I normally end up getting a big chunk of ice stuck in my mouth while I'm preaching. I'm like, can y'all remind me to put a straw in the cup before I get up here? No worries, just water. All right, so I skipped all around. We are gonna look at, real quick, Luke 8, 37 through 39. We're not gonna read the whole story, but if you've been here any amount of time, you've heard me preach about the demon-possessed man and how Jesus went across the water and literally... The only person he encountered on that side of of the land was a demon-possessed man who was completely isolated, was completely crazy because no one would go near him. They were terrified of him. And so we're going to pick up in verse 37 real quick. It says, and all the people in the region of, I think I'm going to say this right, of the Gassarians, Beg Jesus to go away and leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over them. That's because they saw this man who was demon possessed just before their eyes get completely set free and healed. They were afraid. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The, The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, I want you to hear this. Jesus sent him home saying... No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. That's what we're supposed to do. When we see victories in our lives, we're to go proclaim Jesus. Just like the song said, I'm shouting Jesus from the mountains. Jesus from the streets. We can come to our local church and shout Jesus to our family, our church family, our our family back in our home. And so I think that's super important. There's something, my throat is super dry today. I'm like, I'm going to make it through it, y'all. There's something about being set free from such a a dark place inside of us that stirs an excitement. To share that with everyone. Think about your first encounter with the Lord. The excitement you had. Maybe you were a teenager. Maybe you're an adult. I don't know. But that excitement of like, man, I just literally.
presence of the Lord. That's what this guy experienced. And he had no problem running and sharing with everyone, not just his own family. Because Jesus is like, go tell your family. And he's like, I'm telling the whole city. I'm telling everybody. We get to do that for each other because we need to know your story. <coughs> Sorry. We need to know your victory. I'm telling you, like, there's been tech issues this morning. There has been all kinds of stuff. So I'm just letting you know that the stories that are about to be shared are going to be powerful. I can barely get through this because my throat is so dry. So what you're about to hear, you better prepare because you are going to experience something today. I'm experiencing it on behalf of you guys right now because I already feel it. <clears throat> this man didn't care. We allow ourselves to care way too much about what people think. We do. We worry about what will you think of me if I tell you this? What will you think of me? And really, the, the, um, our society... In the local church, in the church as a whole, not local church, but the church as a whole, has done a great job at, at creating this, this fear and this shame surrounding issues that we have in life. And because of that, we're so afraid to share that. When this should be the safest place to be able to say, I was there, but now I'm here. I was that person, but now I'm this person. I was in, I was in debt to this thing, but now I'm set free from that thing. That's where we should be at. Yeah. <clears throat> there is power in our stories. There is power in our stories because there is Jesus in our stories. In Psalm 71, 15 through 17, it says, I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, I will praise your mighty deeds. O sovereign Lord, I will teach everyone that you alone are just. O oh God, you have taught me from the early, from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. You see, we've told you from the very beginning of Journey Church, and we'll continue putting this out there, is that our heart for Journey is to connect people to Jesus to experience life. Each of your stories helps us all connect to Jesus to be able to experience a more fuller life. It's through your experiences at times that I will be able to experience Jesus. That sounds weird, but it's true. You see, no one will ever walk through those doors that, and you will, look, you will never be able to look at someone that walks through those doors in their eyes and not see a person that is loved by God. Never, ever. Every person that walks through these doors, whatever door you want to walk through, is loved by God. God has seen their hardest times. He's seen their goodest times. He's seen the fear that they deal with. And guess what? We don't always see that. We see the here and now. And God is like, no, no. Get to know them. I want you to see them like I see them. I want you to see the love that I have for them so that you can love them. And that is done by sharing life together. I'm going to read one more scripture, and I'm going to start bringing some people up that have some amazing testimonies to share. Revelation 12, 10 through 11, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Remember, has been cast down. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their 
testimony. The word of their testimony. That word there, um, the word is logos, which is the Jesus, which is the meaning of Jesus. The Jesus in your story. The Jesus in your story. In John 1, 1, it talks about how, how in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Who is the word? It's not this. It's not this. This isn't the word that that's talking about. It's Jesus. Jesus was there in the beginning. He is, the, he is here now, and he is in every one of our futures. So we have hope. We have hope. So we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to be bringing up a few people this morning because I want you to know that no matter where you're at, you have a testimony. There's Jesus in your story. And if you aren't seeing it or feeling it, I want you to listen because there's moments that you might not even recognize. Man, that was Jesus right there. And so first we're going to be bringing up Steve is going to come up this morning. <clears throat> Steve's been coming to Journey Church since we were in the psychedelic area, I believe. <laughs> Hello, I'm Steve Koblenz. It's the first time. Here. Not the first time here, but the first time here. You know. Step back. On the cover. Um, I have a, <clears throat> I have a, a small, very small story. I say it's small because it's so insignificant, but it's so powerful and so significant um, to my life. And this isn't to celebrate me. This is to celebrate you guys and our Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't me. This is this is our Lord, and this is what He does, will do, continue to do. Um, this is just our Lord. He loves us so much. So it was uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Memorial Day weekend. It was Monday, and I got up normally, you know, to uh, go to work. And I, you know, I started. I, I have a small. I own a small construction company. Um, I got five or six, seven guys work for me, and we're busy, and um, the Lord is, you know, I keep going back to the Lord, and, you know, asking for peace and for joy, you know, it's it's very hard, you know, to, uh, to sustain life and uh, run a construction company and maintain peace, you know. Chris, how can I pray for you, Steve? I'm like, bring peace, you know, bring the joy, you know, I, I miss that, you know, I just want to laugh again, um, and not being in pain, and, um, so two Mondays ago, it was Memorial Day, and I got up, you know, with some power moves at like five o'clock, I started sending my emails and text messages and all of that, and then my project manager responded to me and said that, uh, uh, it's, it's Memorial Day, everybody's closed and I was you know stomping around the house and I was disappointed and I was upset because we couldn't get anything done and the Lord said um, you know very quietly to just sit with me and I said okay and, it, and I turned around and I saw this chair and I was it was kind of so comfortable too I was like okay I'm gonna sit in it um, <clears throat> to be transparent the, the Lord has blessed me with visions um, that I can't explain since I was a child. Um, they, he, he brings things to me that, that are always, they're, they're, they're very clear. When the Lord speaks, he is very clear, but the visions may not be, so it's up to me to figure it out, and hopefully I can share with you guys. And So the vision, when he said to sit down, I ended up into prayer for four to six hours. Um, it was it was a prayer like never before. Um, it was a prayer at a table. 
um, there was three of us. There was me, the spirits, and then the body. And um, in that, I was asking, you know, for peace and joy. And I didn't know exactly what I was, you know, asking for. You know, when I say, I just, you know, the Lord said, speak with me. And I was, you know, I just obeyed. I was like, okay, I'll sit, you know. And um, sometime very shortly into it, something <clears throat> something excuse me something came out and said you know oh good god i gotta back up one second i'm sorry i didn't prepare for this and i didn't write this down i'm gonna let the holy spirit take over um it was it was uh two three months ago or something like that excuse me four years ago i injured my back when i injured my back something popped in my back my legs gave out and i fell face first onto the ground uh, two, three months ago, that happened again. I had to get carried to my truck and into the hospital, and um, it's been it's been a big, gigantic monkey on my back, <laughs> literally, ever since. And it's been really bad, um, you know. And, and to run a company, you know, with a box of all the hard hats and all the hats and all the positions that I got to play, it was you know tough as well. Um, so when I sat with the Lord, the Lord said, "Speak with me." Shortly into the into the prayer. I didn't plan on this. I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I, I didn't know I was going to ask for it. I just said almost in a confronting way, not a confronting way, but like in a Jesus, will you heal me? Will you heal my back? <laughs> and, and, and I felt the Lord and he could, God, he's the, the creator of everything, you know, and, and humor as well. And I couldn't help but to laugh when Jesus said right back to me, do you even want to be healed? And I was like, well, and when I, when I thought about that, now mind you, I'm just in prayer at this moment. The, the vision that I had was a table and it was some hands crossed and it was, it, it was, it was blurry. But at this point, I truly felt in the presence of Jesus. I, no one convinced me of it to this day that I was not in the presence of Jesus. And when he said, do you want to be healed? I paused for a second and then I looked back up and I felt his hands coming like, like bring it. And when I brought it, <laughs> I brought the question. It, the, the next vision that I had was at the, at the back of my back. So it was from here down, okay? Cause the injury is here, but it affects all of it. It was a measuring cup. We'll just say I didn't tell this. It wasn't quite a measuring cup, but it was in the it was in one thirds. So when Jesus said, "Ask it," I did, and as soon as I asked it, immediately that cup became one third empty. And I asked again, and the cup became one third empty again. And at that point, I was like. <laughs> I only got to ask one more time because I know how this feels and it's, it's feeling cool, you know? So I did it again and, it, and instantly, when I say instantly, I'm not talking about tomorrow, five minutes later, I'm talking about it was gone. And I wanted to sit in the spirit. <clears throat> I wanted to sit in the spirit, you know, and just, you know, reflect on what just happened because I was still trying to figure all this out. I felt the spirit and say, get up and, and celebrate this. And I did. And I, I, you know, I, I danced around and I did circles in the backyard and everything. And I'm telling you, it, this, it, um, every day the Lord has been like, you know, 
put it to the test, you know, put it to the test. It really is. It really is healed. It really is not there. But when I say that, the most encouraging thing that I want to share here is that, um, you know, for once in my life, I understand the Paul <laughs> with his thorn, you know. You know, God gave me a thorn so I may not become conceited because I asked the Lord to heal me and he did. And it was so easy for him. But the thorn was also there to keep me from, from becoming conceited but staying humble. And when I say becoming conceited and staying humble, that means I can share with every one of you guys that, that it's nothing, it's nothing for, the, for, for, for Christ Jesus, the creator of us the creator god god built us so well i mean the creator like everything is nothing to him everything centers around him you know and if in and and, and and god is good all the time you know and and, and if he's you know he, you know i didn't get this injury from the lord i got this injury from myself but god's gonna get the glory and i'm gonna give it to him and i'm not gonna stop i'm gonna celebrate that that's it Thank you, thank you. That is awesome. Yes. <clears throat> All right, Marsha, you can go ahead and head up this way. Um, Pastor Chris, could you grab her a chair just in case she needs it while she's sharing? Um, Marsha, you've been a part of Journey as well since the very beginning. So this is kind of awesome, you guys. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> used to talking with a mic, so you have to tell me if you can't hear me. I got to have boundaries, I tell you. Oh, when I got the text that they wanted someone to share, I thought, well, I could share, that's no problem. But the problem was to pick what to share. God has been so good to me for so, so much. So I'll try to give you an update, Reader Digest from April, instead of all the other stuff. And then I thought, you know, I talk so much, I've told most of these, everybody about this. So for those of you that know it, you know, give God the praise. For those of you that don't know it, give them praise also. In April, I got a cut on my finger because I was opening a, a can and the can opener didn't work, yada, yada. Metal got in it, it got infected, two surgeries, uh, six days in the hospital and five nights, but it was just a cut. So next, I have to go to the doctor. You do that after a hospital visit. So I go to the doctor and we talk and I come out there was nothing on the uh, blacktop parking lot, but for some reason, I fell. And when I fell, my head came close to the driver's side door of the car, so my feet weren't sticking out. And I looked around as best I could. There was no one. I hollered, nothing. And I said, God, please send somebody to help me. And I will tell you, it was a short time. And a man came by and he said, you know, are you all right? Yeah. No. Can you get up? No. So he went in, 
the doctor and nurses came out and they stayed with me until the ambulance came. So I go back to Riverside. They remember me. I, I guess I'm collecting miles for Riverside, not intentionally. So I had black eyes, bruise, bruise. I looked like I had been in a fight with Muhammad Ali and I did not win. I was saying the parking lot win, won, but I was wrong. I won because I'm still standing. Then they do all kinds of tests known to man and some that we don't even know about. Six or eight hours later, the doctor comes in. My daughter Colleen is with me. If you know her, you'll love her. And the doctor says, Mrs. Mangan, I hate to tell you, your tests are good, you didn't break anything, but you have cancer of the brain. Well, I gotta tell you, that takes the wind out of you. We weren't expecting it. So then the process is to go to a neurologist. Well, the first time I could get in was three weeks. In those three weeks, my son in Japan thinks, should I fly home? My son in New York thinks, should I come down? We said, no, not until we know the plan. I'm processing it. Do I want chemo? Do I want radiation? What, what do you want me to do? Oh, you probably don't know, but I got a little age on me. So I'm not sure exactly what to do. So I did a lot of praying. You guys prayed. Wednesday night group prayed. So when I go to the neurologist, Colleen takes me. And uh, he says, does some tests. And he looks and he goes, Mrs. Mangan, I don't know why that doctor told you you have cancer of the brain. You do not. That's the God we serve. And I could go on with other things. Uh, next week, I'm going to have the pin taken out of this finger. It's not the one that, it's not the Hawaiian sign. <laughs> but that, there's a pin in it, and that will come out. And, uh, but, you know, I am just so blessed beyond measure. And one of the things, especially for me, is because of my age, um, people are going to heaven frequently, like the last two or three weeks. And it's, it's so nice to be accepted, to talk with people, to feel their love, I just can't thank you guys enough, and I don't know if I'm expressing it right, but I tell you, it means a lot. It has been awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, I am going to ask John if you will come up. You guys all know John. He's uh, our amazing media tech, online, everything guy who puts up with us. And um, 
They as well have been a part of Building Journey Church, um, so we want you to hear his testimony. I'm on the wrong side of the mic. <laughs> Look, I know all the rules. Hey, that's my wife over there. So you can see the picture. Some of some folks know the story. Chris was uh, blessed to be there as part of the story when we were in Texas. Um, but after just celebrating 25 years of marriage, year what 13, 14-ish was when we were in Texas. Um, and some people know this, but we were at a point of divorce. We were. We had choked up. <laughs> saved our marriage three days before the court date. And I could probably give you 30 minutes. Chris probably won't allow that. Everybody's going to want to eat. But thank you. I'll just give you the highlights. Um, there were times where when Brooke first left, she, the savings account, we split it in half. Somehow Buying a house, selling a house. Months later, there was a vehicle. I brought my favorite vehicle. Everybody hears me cry about it. Got wrecked as soon as I got to Texas. And somehow I had misplaced the check for the settlement on that and found that, which was ironically half the savings. Um, not to mention a friend that intervened at one point. I don't think Brooke knew her, but maybe... She worked for her for about four months, um, and she just felt called. I mean, it's just funny when you look back at all the pieces of how these things fit together, and the timing had to be God. Um, but because of her, nagging Brooke, nagging me, um, you know, it also didn't help that at the very beginning time, right, Caitlin was maybe four, three, four, three, and we're on the couch, and she's trying to put her hands together, right? <laughs> but we spent probably about six months me living with a friend and then in another room for, I want to say it was a little over a year. But praise God, those are a few highlights, but he saved that marriage. Ways that I would have never thought. And what's really cool is to look back and see all of those things, and you just kind of go, like the timing couldn't be better. Um, and there were so many parts of that that just clearly, there's just no explanation. So, but she said she wanted to get up here. I don't like talking in front of people. I really don't. Um, my friend that I've been working with for four months or so, this is kind of an important part of it. Um, she is not denominational. She does not go to church or did not go to church. Um, she believed, but it was more of a... He's there, I'll see him later. And she came to me at work one day and she's like, I gotta talk to you. I, I don't even wanna say this, but it's bugging the crap out of me. She said that every night she'd been getting this dream and the voice tells her, talk to Brooke, tell her she needs to take him back. 
tell her she needs to take it back. And Kelly was on my side because she had heard all the crap I'd been through and was like, nope, I'm not doing it. The dream kept happening. She was tired of it. So she came to me at work and was like, I'm telling you, do what you gotta do with it, but I told you so he can stop. And we had her over one night. Um, we were just hanging out out back and I hadn't paid any attention to what she said because I was like, yeah, you're crazy. We're not doing that. And she's a little intoxicated and she brings it up again and she's like, the dreams didn't stop, so I'm telling you again, do something now. And I was like, no, 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 just try it out. Ask him to hang out with you, see what happens. I didn't know she was in telling him the same thing. <laughs> so finally I gave in and I was like, okay, if this is God, he's gonna make it happen. And he did. And I'll tell you, it's, it's hard when your kids look at you and go, you ride around, you listen to the Christian music, but you act like a butthead. So my response to that was, it's one thing to believe, it's another thing to change your heart. So anyway, I'll keep, I'll keep it below 30 minutes, 25 years, still going. Goodness, this is awesome. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. So now I want to bring up Sarah. You're going to be sharing with us. So when Kim told me that this was happening on Sunday and said, hey, you know, if you're thinking that you want to share anything, just let me know. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll let you know. But I was like, it's not happening. But I can tell you, I went home, sent a text to Kim, and I was like, ah, how do I pull that back? <laughs> um, but then more and more, God kept showing me that I needed to share this story. Um, and actually, this weekend is the one-year anniversary from this trip. And so this trip... Um, a group of five women came together, um, all different walks of life, different stories to tell. Um, we're all mamas, um, and we came together on this trip seeking healing, seeking connection, um, and again, from different walks of life. Each one of us here have suffered abuse, neglect, um, we've struggled with addiction, We've struggled with um, healing. The one thing that we shared on this trip was seeking God and inviting him in. And I can tell you, he had his hand all over this trip. As we're driving up the mountain to this cabin, it says God's house. Every room we walked in in this cabin, there was scripture. So we stayed one night in the cabin, just being together, telling our testimonies, our stories. I've known these women, some of them I just met on the trip, some of them I've known for years. I've been with them on their, through their pregnancies, helped them birth their babies and whatnot. But again, some of them I just met on this trip. And so we spent the first night just getting to know one another, prepping for our trip because we were gonna spend two days in the woods in the mountains 
Whatever we, were, we needed, we were bringing in with us. And if we didn't bring it in, we didn't have it. God had to provide it. And so you're going to have to cut me off when, when I got to go. So we, we uh, spent that first night prepping, and we're packing our bags, and, and we set out. And we were supposed to do 13 miles, seven peaks, and our first elevation is 14,000 feet within the first like hour of this trip. And I'm like, I've been prepping, it's fine. And the whole time, let me just tell you, God showed up throughout this whole thing. We get to our, our first stop, we have to camp overnight, and uh, whatever water you need, you have to bring in on your backs. And uh, this one girl, Brittany, we called her the water princess because she just has water bottles and water, girl, you don't need that. We're gonna get to this point and we're gonna have a spot where we can refill. And so we get to our campsite for the night. It's not a campsite, my friends. It's in the middle of the woods. You pitch your tent. And there's supposed to be a water stop. It's a stream that's supposed to be there, and we're supposed to sanitize our water. We get there. It's dry. There is not a drop of water. And my water bottle's dry. And we still have the whole next day to hike, blah, blah, blah. We had just the amount of water Brittany carried in we finished that hike with, with her water and then like he just kept showing up throughout this whole time so we get to this point and we meet this this couple this older couple on the trip and they're talking to us about it and i'm like all right you know we got we got some miles to go we got to cut it short little did i know the significance of this couple so keep hiking and at one point i find myself in the middle of the woods uh, by myself, so some of my friends are in front, some are behind. I could still hear with the whistle, you know, and I, they'd whistle back. I'm like, all right, I'm not truly alone. But leading up to this trip, um, what I had struggled with, lots of those things that I had talked about, but what I was currently struggling with is I've been in the military for 22 years, and it's just all these check boxes, you know, and um, I had given, I had given, I had given, and I just felt like I had nothing more to give. But I had just received news that I couldn't retire when I was planning on retiring. And I had planned my whole career, my whole life around that time. 20 years, 22 years of planning. And I couldn't, you know, it was like I had to look at my family and my kids, and we had, we'd been talking the whole year about our forever home, our forever home. I wasn't planning on sharing that, but so I talked about our forever home, and I couldn't give it to my husband and my kids because of this commitment I had made. But I was bone tired, bone tired, and every bit of scripture here, or the worship music today pointed back that I was bones. I was walking bones. And I find myself in the middle of the woods. And I just heard him say, like, you don't have to give anymore. Just receive. Just receive. And so we get, there's this picture here. We get to the top. And as most of you know, I'm a midwife. And I have been called to be a midwife since I was 17. It is my heart and my soul. And so I get to the top of this mountain and we all are praising God and we're like, man, look at what he did. 
And so there's this pregnant woman there. And while I connect with people and whatnot, but my gift is not praying over people. It's not laying hands on people, at least so I think. So again, before I can even think, I say, can I pray over your baby? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> this woman and her husband are not Christians, I come to find out. But she was like, okay. And so I said, is it okay if I touch you? She said, yes. So I lay my hands on this woman's belly and I pray over her baby. I pray over her pregnancy and her birth and her marriage. And um, it seems like such a significant, such a small part of the trip. Fast forward, we get to the end of our hike and we're all cheering, we're celebrating. And as we're celebrating, I hear emergency services responding to somebody in cardiac arrest. And I look at my friends and I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go. We just hiked 13 miles. My legs are like jello. I was like, all right. So I run, I run to try to help resuscitate this man. And I get there and he, he's passed, he's dead. Um, and you know, I come back to my group of friends and everybody's just, we're all celebrating what we just went through. And I can't, you know, I'm just like, you know, I, I didn't get there in time. I didn't listen to you. I didn't run fast enough. I didn't do this. And of course, this group of women, they surround me. And then all of a sudden, he spoke to my heart and he said, Sarah, in two days, you just walked through an entire life cycle. You laid hands on a baby in the womb. You just saw a man and you were with him as he left this life. And all in the middle, what you experienced was your rebirth. And that's our God. We have to seek him. And the scripture that was printed on our shirts that I have made is where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord. Look to the mountains and you'll find him. And you have to keep seeking him. And it is so good that at the one year anniversary, he reminded me, as I'm getting ready to move with the military, he's reminded me, I'm still here. Seek me out. That's so awesome. All right. We have one more person that's going to be sharing this morning. And I'm going to, Pepper, you can go ahead and come on up. mentioned sharing and testimonies my whole life is a testimony oh my gosh <laughs> um and I'm, I'm sure we all have that same if you look back from even when you were little that you could see God's hand um because he chooses us way before we choose him um and my life is a mirror of that um and so the first thing I thought was faithfulness faithfulness I'm not sharing in front of y'all y'all want to talk to me you got my number you can get me on Facebook. Like, no, I'm not standing up here. Um, but faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. My God has been so faithful to me without my permission. 
Okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, but um, so um, I'm glad that I'm last um, just because I don't have a testimony per se, except that my whole life is. Um, so when I was younger, um, there were things that happened to me. Um, many of y'all have that same same stuff and my mother she um she made some choices that shouldn't have been made and she benefited from those choices and my siblings backed her um so um at an early age i started things that i should not have started um i'm speaking single digits okay i'm not speaking like when i'm in my 20s i'm speaking single digits that's my testimony that's the beginning um that i can remember i'm sure there's so much more um so by the time i was double digits 11 i had some labels put on me um bipolar blah 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 right um depression manic blah 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 um and so of course my family you know um they, they made that, a, it was the joke of the family. And um, so when I was 11, 11 I went to, to um, institution, y'all didn't know, I was in a mental institution a few times. Back then you stayed for about three weeks, then you went home, I didn't act accordingly, you know. My mother let me run the streets, so of course I did what people in the streets did at 12 years old. I wind up going to foster care and the state took me. Um, God is so faithful. God is so faithful. I was able to see lots of different families, um, do lots of different things, but I didn't have the foundation. I didn't have, oh, my family's like this. Oh, your family's like this, and I see what your family's like, and I see what your family like. And um, so I was able to see all these different things, and so I could choose how I wanted my family to be, right? But the enemy, the enemy comes after you, and I chose to do things that, that damaged me. But God is faithful. God walked me through that. He was with me. Do you know not one foster home I was in harmed me? Not one? Do you know anybody who's been in foster care that can tell you that story? Not one. And they moved me a lot. Let me tell you. <laughs> Because I told them about themselves. Like, no, you, you just met me. What you mean you love me? Anyway, we not, we not, uh, I'm saved and sanctified, okay? <laughs> um, and so, I'm so glad I don't have my glasses on so I can't see your eyeballs. <laughs> Another faithfulness that God gave me. <laughs> he is still faithful. Um, so, I made some bad decisions. Um, the mom I wanted to be, I was not able to be. Um, I tell people, I tell my children, I um, I failed them, and I'm still walking through that because it comes up, even though I can only give what I know. I can't be a mom if I don't know how to be a mom. I can't, um, I can't love you if I don't know how to love myself, right? And this is the things that we learn. This is the things that um, are being taught over and over. We have to love ourselves because God first loved us, right? That's what it says. Um, and so, woo, there's been a lot, right? Um, so I don't 
know if you're feeling this as a mom. I'm sure every mom on earth has felt like they're not good enough because our kids are amazing. But let me tell you, my kids are. <laughs> you know, um, despite me, they are grown and independent, and they will give anyone the shirt off their back. My God is faithful, okay? Um, I didn't grow up in the church, um, and so when I came to really get into the church and, and, and know what the scripture says and learn what God was trying to get me to know, I was already a drug addict. I was already, well, I guess I was 25 years smoking, blah, 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 right? Um, there was a lot of damage already done. Um, so I don't know if I'm completely healed from my childhood. Um, you know, I'm sure those memories always come up. But what also comes up is that God was with me when I was there. When those things were happening to me, God was still there. And so um, I didn't know that. And I didn't ask him to be because I ain't want him to be, right? <laughs> I want to do my own. I want to smoke my own stuff, you know. Um, I want to be numb. Um, I've gone through some things where I just, the only reason I'm here is because my daughter loves me. Like, God, like, if you don't need me, if you're not using me, Jesus, take me. I want to go be with Jesus, right? He's the only one unconditionally that will love me and has loved me unconditionally. I mean, we say we do, but we're human. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And um, I'm okay. We're just going to go be with him. I mean, I love y'all. I'll see you when you get there. I told someone else, yeah, the reunion will be nice because I'm starting to get up in age and I know some people that have passed, um, whether they've OD'd, whether um, Jesus just took them home, whether it was whatever it was the reason, they are no longer here with us and they're with him. Me, with him. And um, yeah, that'll be nice, but I want to be with Jesus. He was the one that was with me when I was single digits. He was the one when I was walking the streets. He was the one that was hanging out in bushes when I was hanging out in bushes. Um, and he was the one that was with my kids because I couldn't be with them. No matter what the situation was, I believe that he was with them. Even though they aren't, I don't know, they don't open the Bible. Let's just say that, okay? They, they, they ain't really praying unless mama says, Oh, we gonna eat. You gonna, you ain't picking that pizza up until we pray. Um, so that's when they pray. But you know what they do? They just show Jesus, because Jesus is still with them, just like He was with me. Um, I'm gonna I'm wrap up. I just want everyone to know that He is faithful, and I believe that just because my kids aren't in the room right here with us, I believe He's faithful to them because the Scripture says so. Now this. Um, Oh my God, I'm coming up. I'm coming up on 11 years clean, y'all. And the enemy is awful. He is so awful. He will put that desire in your heart to do things that you've never done in years. And um, I'm saying that on camera. I'm saying that just to let you know that when you call on him, he will be there. He will be there. And he has kept me clean. And I celebrate 11 years on the 19th. This is the hardest thing I've ever done this year. Um, but I know he is faithful and he is getting me through. And 
I know that he's going to be faithful to my kids, and one day my kids are going to be opening up the Bible every day or their app or whatever it is when they when they do it. Who knows what it's going to be, like start scrolling through the Bible. I don't know. Um, but um, thank you for letting me be honest. Um, getting up and letting people know I work a government job, so this is really hard to actually confess and be because there's so much fear. And so um, there's a lot of fear, but he is still faithful. And thank you. Amen. Such powerful testimonies this morning. Yes. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. We're going to go into a time of worship because how do we not worship a good God that is with us and that is faithful and that we have seen time and time again, not only in our own lives, but in our, in our own church body. So God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the Jesus in each of our stories. Lord God, I pray that as we walk through this week, that you will highlight the moments
kids go save miss dreamer from your kids and uh and we'll see yeah yeah that's right we're having cake and cupcakes to see the case family off so go grab your kids bring them back and we'll get them sugared up for you guys all right sound good all right we'll see you next weekend